We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode, and it's going to be around this kid. We're the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation, and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. Feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts. And I just attended a very bizarre Minnesota Timberwolves game at Target Center where I, I'm, I'm not kidding, man. I must have I must have been one of like 50 total people in the stadium, including the players. But that that's that is 2020. Um, and for the 2020 season, you can expect these instant reaction gamer pods um, for me after every every Timberwolves game. Uh, the format for these will be like five or so observations from the game, just kind of things we learned about the Wolves and their opponent from that night. And for tonight, we'll hit on um, Jake Lehman, not only starting, but really producing in the power forward role. Um, talk about what the Rubio and D'Lo backcourt pair looked like when they played together. I'll uh, we'll talk about Culver uh, carving out um, a path to playing time through through his defense that I thought showed up tonight. We'll, we'll also talk about Cat actually playing basketball, something we haven't seen in a while. And we will get into the third point guard conversation, which sounds like something silly. But, um, but you know, without Jordan McLaughlin, um, it's interesting to see Anthony Edwards in there a little bit, Jalen Noel, and, uh, you know, how, how he's able to take advantage of that. So we'll get into all those things. 
I'm also mixing some post-game audio from Saunders and a few players. And yeah, this is basically what you can expect from these gamer pods. Just sort of whatever piqued my interest from that night. But um, before we get into those observations, I wanted to um, tell a story, I guess, of um, just kind of how, how strange it was. I, I started thinking about how strange it was to, to watch Ricky Rubio playing again. And I was just, I saw him in the new sort of, the new Wolves jerseys that said Rubio 9 on it. And you think about those old, terrible jerseys he wore when he came in that they had. And I, I just was kind of thinking back, reflecting on on Rubio. And and so it reminded me of a, a story from way back in the day, long before I was I was covering the Wolves. Um, I didn't used to attend a lot of Timberwolves games uh, when I was growing up or anything. But, but back on December 17th of 2011, I looked up the date. I did attend a Timberwolves preseason game. I was in college back in town for the holidays, and a friend of mine got tickets from work right under the hoop um, for the Wolves game. So we were there. And it was Ricky Rubio's first ever game in a Timberwolves jersey. And as I was sitting there tonight, you know, watching Ricky Rubio make a, another debut for the Timberwolves, I thought back to that night in 20, 2011. You know, um, not going to lie, being a college kid, I definitely had a few beers in the system. And I was, because of that, I, I was making it known to Rick Adelman, who was really not that far away from me, that I was quite upset that Luke Ridnauer was starting over Ricky Rubio. And the security guard definitely came over to tell me that I'm just not allowed to yell at the coach the whole game. So back then, yeah, I almost did get kicked out of um, Ricky Rubio's first ever Timberwolves game. Eventually that night, though, Ricky Rubio did check in, and he went on to score uh, six points. He had seven assists and grabbed seven boards. Actually, probably better stats than he had tonight. And to me, in in hindsight, that 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 night, that moment kind of feels pretty important in Timberwolves history, which is maybe just an indictment on Timberwolves history, but I, I, I do. I, I think it was important. Obviously, you know, the Wolves didn't become anything too special in the six years Rubio played for the team. They never made the playoffs. They never won more than 40 games in any of the seasons he was here for. And I don't know, for those of you who probably who are anti-Rubio, anti-Rubio, think this is some stupid sap, and maybe it is, I don't know. The one thing I, I really do think was important, though, about that Rubio window was that it did re-engage a fan base that had clearly, you know, kind of for an organization that had just kind of lost its way. The fan base kind of came back during those Rubio years, I felt. I mean, they were just they're just more fun. And I, I don't know, I'm presumably you care about the Timberwolves if you're listening to this podcast. And, you know, I think with that, it's important to acknowledge that fan engagement is pretty important to preventing this team from being moved going forward. And, you know, to, to some extent, I think the Rubio back in the day played a role, a role in what was becoming, you know, a pretty dysfunctional franchise. I think he helped prevent it from being moved back then. And I don't know that that's what I was I was thinking about tonight. I mean, the not to be glass half empty with any of this stuff, but it it's kind of always on my mind with this team, the idea that they're, you know, they're literally up for sale right now. And I, I think a lot about how important fan engagement is going forward to to keeping this team here in in the future under under new ownership. And and if I'm being honest, this is my third year full time covering the the Wolves and as I sort of put my finger to the wind, this is easily the most engaged. I feel like this fan base has been in, in, in my three years. 
I just think that matters. I mean, if we if we want to have these in the weeds type of conversations that we have here on this podcast about whatever the defensive schemes or Anthony Edwards or D'Angelo Russell, whatever, it's just it's just actually important that this franchise starts moving in the right direction. And I'm not saying Ricky Rubio is coming back is single handedly going to do that. He's not going to make them a winner on his own. I mean, if that's what has to happen, they're in trouble. But, but you know, I, I think Rubio coming back in this season could be part of, you know, that reinvigoration. I think he is part of that. And, you know, from where I sit, I do feel like the franchise is moving in the right direction. Obviously, he didn't stack up in wins last year, but competence is very important with this team. And it seems that they have that in the front office. And this year, I think it's just... I think it's about starting to show that on the floor and, and re-engaging um, a fan base, at least in the way to the levels that it was at back in the Love and Rubio and Pekovich days. You know, I think I think we need that. You know, to come back. I think that that will help in the the big picture of things. Sorry, that had nothing to do with that has nothing to do with my observations from the game. But I, I wanted I wanted to say that and I wanted to. Throw that story out there just because it's it's what I was thinking about as I was sitting in a very empty Target Center today watching basketball and um, realizing, you know, how important it is, to, not just to me, but to, you know, to so many of us to, to have the NBA here in Minnesota. So end of the sap, end of the sentiment. I just basketball's back and it made me think of it. So deal with it. Observations. My first observation from tonight. Um, was that Jake Lehman started at the four. The starters were D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Josh Okogie, Jake Lehman, and Carl Anthony Towns. I think the first question we probably have um, going forward is, is this going to be the starting lineup for the season? And during his pregame media availability, Ryan Saunders basically said, no, it wasn't going to be. He specifically brought up that certain players, quote, certain players, um, have not been able to practice with the team much because of COVID protocols and even said because of visa issues. So that pretty clearly implies that Wancho just hadn't really had enough time with the group to start or to be in shape or to whatever to, to, yeah, to, to start the opening preseason game. So, so Jake Lehman did. And, and, you know, that doesn't take anything away from Lehman. He had a really good, he had a really good night. He had 10 points. He made both of the threes he took. He was cutting all over the place thought his defense was active and that's good if he starts or if he comes off the bench I mean he he's going to play plenty with the starters one way or the other this team isn't going to have two separate units first five second five it's going to have rotations and and I mean we, we saw that tonight in in Saunders rotations at least in the first quarter he brought Rubio and Edwards in for Russell Okogi, Russell and Okogi right away and then and then Hernan Gomez and Ed Davis came in for Lehman and Cat next. And and later to start the second quarter, Culver came in for Rubio. It was a it was a 10-man rotation, but it wasn't just it wasn't just five in, five out, and and that's how it's gonna work. He's gonna target certain groupings and and getting the right guys out there. It, you know, for me, if I had to bet, I I would think the the regular season rotation looks like that. The exact same. Um, except that Lehman and Wancho are just switched. I think the the question for Saunders isn't should Lehman start or should he come off the bench? It's who should be the players that he's trying to pair Lehman up with? 
you know, he again, Saunders has said it's about two or three man pairings, and I, I think that makes sense. And for me, with Lehman, the two to pair him with are Cat and Rubio, and that that can happen fairly easily with both Rubio and, Le- and Lehman coming in during the middle of the first quarter or the middle of the third quarter, that first sort of rotation. And if we invert the equation, I mean, I think that Lehman is important to play with Cat and Rubio due to his cutting ability and to the way he helps Cat defensively. But the, the other side of the equation is important too. It's it's not just who should Lehman play with, it's who should Wancho be playing with. And I think it kind of fits together nice where Wancho's minutes should be targeted at playing with the non-shooters or the lesser shooters, which in this rotation is basically Josh Okogie and Jared Culver. So, you know, start Wancho with Okogie and tether those two together. You get him back in there during Culver's shift, shift as much as you, you know, as much as you can. Uh, we'll, we'll get to the importance of having Culver and Okogie out there for defense in a bit, but it's also just important to acknowledge that the defense is just going to kind of, or the offense is just going to die if Culver and Okogie are out there together and there aren't other offensive weapons. Wancho is more of a shooting weapon than Lehman is, and he's also got more of an off-the-bounce game. You know, this, this is all going to be a difficult puzzle for Saunders to solve, and it's going to get further complicated by COVID and injuries and foul trouble and all those things. But this team cannot afford to play units that have an anemic offense or just terrible defense. And a big part of that, I think, is about effectively managing Lehman and Wancho's minutes in that puzzle because because Lehman is a glue guy that that fits in between certain players better than he does others and Wancho is a guy who can boost the offense when he's out there that's going to be really important for him to do before we get to observation two we'll take a quick break and be back to talk about Rubio and Dilo Twenty twenty has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. are visiting Indeed each month, according to Comscore. So it's clear Indeed can help get you the quality hire you need, That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. 
from game spreads and totals to team and player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So, observation two, how Rubio and D'Lo played together. We did get our first taste of uh, Russell and Rubio minutes, and I thought it was interesting how um, Saunders opted to use those guys together offensively during their, their stretch. Rubio was clearly, I mean, I think this is the main thing. Rubio was clearly the point guard, doing the point guard stuff of bringing the ball up the floor while Russell began pretty much every one of those sets in the corner. It was interesting, though, while Rubio brought the ball up the floor, he would immediately start the action almost every possession by dribbling directly to Russell for basically a point guard, point guard dribble handoff. Uh, It was a lot of the same. I wouldn't say it was creative. But I, I think if you watch the game, you remember Russell got a three out of it right away. It, you know, it wasn't ex- extended run of minutes. We don't know exactly how those two were be together, but we got a peek at, you know, how it's going to work going forward. I'll also say the defense changed once Rubio got out there, not just in quality, but in the way they were handling it. They were switching four. They switched everything on the perimeter once Rubio checked in the game, and they basically just had Cat or Ed Davis stay home on Valanchunas or whoever the Memphis center was. And, you know, I it's just these Rubio and D'Lo minutes are going to be important. We, we talk about the idea of the Wolves potentially being a top five offense, right? That's probably what has to happen if they're going to be a playoff team this year. And if you're betting on that on them getting there or close to the top five, you're, you're betting on this Rubio and Russell pair working. And, Saunders is going to be intentional about having one of Cat and D'Lo on the floor at all times. They're not going to be totally staggered. They're, those two are going to play together, and we know, I think we know, that the offense is, is going to be great during the minutes Cat and D'Lo are out there. But, you know, what, what can they be when Cat's off the floor? That, you know, that was the question last year, and it was, the answer was pretty close to nothing. What is it going to be with Rubio and D'Lo when, when they're out there and they are the offensive engine? Is it going to be a top 10 level offense? Are they going to be average? Are they going to be below average? That's going to be the thing that moves the needle here for, you know, for this team as an offense up from, I mean, we know, I think we know they're going to be an above average offensive team, but how far can they slide up into the elite offenses in the league? That's going to depend on what we see out of this Rubio Delo pairing. Third observation. I thought Jared Culver looked great. I mean, you guys who've listened, you know my general stance on Culver. I haven't exactly been a believer, but I, I, I thought what he did when he was guarding John Moran to the point of attack tonight was legit. I mean, for Culver, I mean, if he, if he's depend defending opposing point guards like that, his minutes won't be any sort of handout. This won't be just oh, you're the sixth pick, you got to play. You know, those will be winning minutes. If he, they'll be valuable on this roster. I mean, Rasa does a lot of poor defenders being able to play a, a player who can be a strong defender, but specifically at the point of attack. I, I think that will be really meaningful for this team. And I asked Saunders about it post game. Ryan, you've talked a lot about how defense will be the way that guys get on the floor this year. 
seemed like Jared played great at the point of attack um, tonight. Is is that kind of his path? Yeah. To to getting minutes for you guys is is kind of shutting down the point. Yeah, I'd say that's one that's one one path. Um, and he's had a good camp uh, with doing just that, and it's been very noticeable for us. So um, yeah, defense at that wing position really important for us. And uh, you know we're we're evaluating. We're always evaluating right now. Um, you know. Training camp, it's unique. Uh, preseason's unique. The season's going to be going to be unique. Uh, so we want to have depth as well. And I like that we have, uh, you know, guys battling for those minutes. I think Saunders alluded to it. Point of attack defender, wing defender, as he called it, is is very important to this team. D'Angelo, Russell, and Malik Beasley can't do it. They, they That is not something they can currently do defensively on this team. So one of Jarrett Culver or Josh Okogie have to be the guy doing it. And, and we saw Saunders target that tonight. We saw it right away. Russell was hidden on Kyle Anderson, slow-mo, defensively, because Anderson is slow, and he wasn't going to be able to punish Russell. Okogie defended John Morant to start the game. Lehman was on Grayson Allen. Cat was, of course, on Valanchunas. And Beasley was put in the next safest place on, on Dylan Brooks. When the possessions broke down or his transition, whatever, and Russell or Beasley had to defend Morant, that, that's where they lost. That, that, that's where the defense breaks down because they can't handle them at the point of attack. Okogi or Culver have to be in there to control it. And we'll see it again next game against Memphis. Those guys needing to be the one on John Morant. We'll see it against Luka in the, the Dallas preseason game. And we'll see it against Derrick Rose in the season opener against Detroit. This, this defense being passable is reliant on Russell being hidden as much as possible. That's just a fact. And Akogi makes that possible. And if Culver can play that role too, having two of them, that's big. I know, I know people are going to latch on to Layman's performance from tonight. I'm not taking away from that or Jalen Noel getting it going. But I think what I saw from Culver tonight was the most encouraging thing of the night. Observation four um, was just seeing Cap play. He was really aggressive early. Um, the, the first play of the game was an and one that he drew. And then there was another and one. He, he got a couple possessions later. He also looked really engaged on defense early. It's just, it's, it's so important for him to be intentional on that. And as we know, and I thought we saw a good amount of that. It wasn't imperfect. It wasn't perfect. Um, in terms of conditioning, he, I think cat looks like he has a ways to go there. He wasn't the only one. I mean, Wancho didn't look like he was in playing shape either. And some of that's to be suspected. You know, I'm, I'm not freaking out about it. The thing with Cat, though, is, is how fatigue shows up is in foul trouble. We've seen that over the years, and, and we saw it tonight. He had five fouls in his first 15 minutes of play. And it's, it got me thinking about it. I'm, I'm pretty concerned about this team in the games that Cat eventually does get into foul trouble. You know, if, if it wasn't already obvious, it became pretty clear tonight that De- Ed Davis just isn't exactly going to bring it on the offensive end. That's just not his game. I think, obviously, Nas Reed wasn't able to play tonight. He's been in the COVID protocol, as I understand it. But I almost wonder if he has to play in the in the times when when, when Cad isn't out there just to, to have a little bit of an offensive spark. But Cat's but also just needs to be able to defend without fouling. And and that's going to be a big challenge for him this season. And, and, and you know, part of that is going to be about getting back into playing shape. It's been nine months. It's, he's just got to get there. Uh, maybe some of that showed up too in missing uh, the five threes he took, but we don't cat. Those are going to fall during the year. This is his team. And I'm not, 
you know, I'm not too concerned about anything offensively with him, but it's, it's about him being engaged on the defensive end and being able to engage defensively without fouling. So, so those, I think that'll be, that'll be something to track here in these next two preseason games. My final um, observation is just that I guess Jalen Noel is the third point guard leading up to tonight from everything I kept hearing, you know, the McLaughlin is supposed to be contract is supposed to be coming. You know, he's restricted free agent and he's a two way player and restricted free agency without getting all the way into it. It's just, it's, it's brutal. If you're a two way player, he's McLaughlin's been extended the qualifying offer. That's how it works. Um, Two way contract is sitting out there for him to sign and, and that's just kind of the leverage the Timberwolves have over him. I, I think it's pretty clear that J-Mac deserves more than that. But the team doesn't have the roster spot, and they have the leverage. So I, it seems to be at a point right now where they're at a rock and a hard place, and that's still being negotiated. And we're less than two weeks away from a real regular season NBA game, and McLaughlin isn't on the team. So, in the meantime, that third point guard role appears to be Jalen Noel's. At least it was in this first preseason game, and he really he ran with it. He had 22 points in 13 minutes. He made four of the seven threes he took. I mean, I, I've said it before. Jalen Noel isn't just a catch-and-shoot guy. He, he's actually not at all. He's a guy who likes to play off the dribble. And, you know, I mean, if I'm being honest, I didn't really think of it as a, a point guard. I thought he was more of off the dribble as a shooting guard, kind of second side guy. But he he really did. He looked fine at the point. He looked comfortable. He, he seemed to have some vision and and looked to create a shot. I, I I asked Noel about it. Who just by the way, he just seems like a great kid. Um, I asked him post game about how it seems like he has kind of been miscast in this into this role, just a catch and shoot guy. And as you'll hear, he just really reiterated that's. That's never been uh, that's never been who he's been as a basketball player. Jalen, it seems like you you've kind of been miscast a little bit as just a catch and shoot guy. Would you say it's fair to say that you're kind of get more of a rhythm being able to play off the bounce a little bit, whether that be creating or just going to your shot? Yeah, honestly, I don't know where that came from. Uh, I was never a catch and shoot guy. Only that, you know, I was always second secondary ball handler coming off pick and rolls. Um, even in the G League last year, I was always coming off the pick and rolls. And, uh, you know, I was the one making uh, the decisions a lot down there uh, playing in Iowa as well. So, you know, I don't know where that came from, but, uh, you know, I, I just, I just let, it, let it happen. And, you know, today they gave me the chance to, to show more of my offensive package. Now, I don't, I don't think one – good preseason game from Noel, you know, against a lot of like third stringers from Memphis means that the position is taken care of without McLaughlin. I, you know, I think it's an important, important role on this team, you know, to have a guy who can be that third point guard. It's a bigger backup role here than it is on other teams. If Russell and Rubio are going to play together a lot, that third point guard has a real role. You know, not to mention again, COVID, or the fact that, you know, Rubio and Russell haven't exactly been beacons of health during their career. What happens if Rubio or Russell have to miss time? I think for me, initially, I would have said Anthony Edwards slots in there, but 
He didn't exactly look NBA ready tonight, you know, let alone NBA point guard ready. There's a, there's a scenario out there where the Wolves need every night minutes from another point guard on this team, and they don't have one right now. And I think it's, I think it's Jalen Noel because it's lack of other options. To, to touch on Anthony Edwards a little bit, though, just just quickly in here, um, I I'm not freaking out about what was a pretty uneven game for him. He wasn't converting a shot. He made one of five from three, one of four from two. I'm more kind of feel like that just comes with the territory, you know. I thought it was actually great that Saunders let Edwards get a ton of reps. Edwards loved the team in minutes. He played 26 minutes in a preseason game. And this was always going to take a while with him. And in the weird sort of run-up to this season, it's going to take even longer. Um, I'm really – I don't know after watching that game if I have a better idea of what his role is going to be exactly on this team. He's pretty clearly in regular season games going to be the third or fourth option out there whenever, whenever he's playing. And that's just – it's hard for me or I think for anyone to kind of apply what we watched him do at Georgia in onto that role. It just was the way he played at Georgia was, was nothing like that. Those teams so ran through him. So what does a ball dominant 19 year old at the, at the college level become in more of a, a tertiary role player role at the NBA? I, I don't, I don't know exactly yet. I, I think it's, I think it's a question mark right now, I, not in a bad way. It was Anthony Edwards was always going to be a question mark. We just we just don't really know yet, and basically we just got to see him play some NBA basketball tonight. And from there, let's watch some more on Monday again against Memphis, Dallas, and then really, I'm going to save a lot of judgment on on the pick or on him, you know, until we see a good. 15 20 games of of what he looks like and then even then he'll still only be 19 so so let's be patient there all right that is all i have for tonight um this is kind of what you can expect just quick quickly after every game me firing off um some thoughts of of yeah of just what struck me during the game and you know they're somewhat unfiltered i obviously haven't had the chance to go back and rewatch the game um but but it's a good place to start and and I think it'll get us, you know, talking about, thinking about where where this Timberwolves team is at. I'm pumped to be back doing it. I will be back again after Monday's game, which is also against the Memphis Grizzlies. And uh, we'll keep rolling from there. Thank you again um, for all the support of doing this with me for another season. Until Monday, I'm Dane. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stop, yeah. Green it hard so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah. Hope you're dancing like nobody else around, yeah. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.